0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 301. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today. Put in our real first toe into the ap- actual 300s. Last week we just put our foot on the surface as we got to 300, but now in 301 toes, toes are starting to go in and get into the, the into the new the new era that is exactly the same as the old era. <laughs> so um, this week we're gonna be talking about Babylon's Fall video update. Then I got a pretty big update for that. Um, Final Fantasy piano concert that I went to. Just talking about that a little bit. Um, we also got some updates on some level 5 games uh because there's a level 5 event in uh, uh this month. I, I forget what it's called, but um, yeah, we'll talk about some of the, some of those games. And also a little bit of Wii U talk. If you've been paying attention to the news, you probably know what that Wii U talk is, but just in case you hadn't heard it, we'll we'll, we'll we will talk a little bit. And it's not about uh delisting games on the eShop or whatever. So um so yeah, uh Babylon's Fall video. Uh my goals of how quickly to put that thing together changed immensely over the last week. And uh probably not smart, I just sat down and powered through it. Literally like pretty much until a couple hours ago, you know, whenever I recorded the last podcast till now, I largely just worked on the Babylon's Fall video um for pretty much all my free time. Um which is maybe not the greatest choice that I've made in my life, but <laughs> Here we are. On the bright side, you know, I was talking about like trying to pace myself a little bit more. And I think I could have done that with the Babylon's Fall video. And I think I was seeing real progress. I was pretty satisfied by it. Um, but the big thing was is I was starting to look at the time it was gonna take for me to get to the end of making the Babylon's Fall video. And then also I have a trip planned for Japan at the end of April. So I was kind of like, this is not probably gonna line up very well. And I'll probably have to wait till I get back and that'll be May. So I was like, okay, let's just power through it. So I just powered through it and we got through it. So the video is basically done at this point. There's always some finer tweaks I could do on it. But I think at this point, I'm going to kind of call it call it quits unless I uh, uh, change my mind sometime between now and when we publish it and decide to do a little bit more cleanup. But uh, yeah, so it's basically done. So that's cool. And um I plan to have it up and available on the Kofi page if you want to check it out early um, um, starting this week. so uh, I might just go ahead and get it published uh so so you might be able to check it out now honestly I, or maybe not now, but you know sometime within the next day or two, but I'll have it up by Wednesday at the latest let's just let's just set that goal um, and uh yeah, so you'll be able to watch it in its entirety there if you want to again, you have to, just have to donate like a dollar and you can get in to watch that early. Um, the reason why I'm going to publish it there first and not elsewhere, one is because I need you to to give me money. (laughs) No, um, I mean, I mean, the Kofi obviously is there, like, I want to provide an incentive for that. But, uh, the other thing is that there's still more work to be done in terms of, I need to, you know, get subtitles made for the video and I need to, uh, you know, put the table of contents and get everything, you know, separated out of sections, I need to make the thumbnail and stuff still. So, you know, there's still more work to be done once the video is done, right? So uh there's still things I need to do, steps I need to take. So if you are just waiting for, you know, whenever it's gonna be publicly available, probably won't be that be this week. But um I'm hoping in the next week or two um that it will be it'll be out and, 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 and available for everyone. But for now I think uh if you just wanna watch the the video itself, it will be on the Kofi, if you want to donate and 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 get into that you can also get the damn damn stomp land um review that i posted up uh that is also in early access at the moment too that's not going to go up until i think for free until i think mid-april i think that's how i have it planned out but the, the, the ocp plus reviews and stuff like that i think there's going to be like a month lead time on those probably generally so anyways but yeah the babylon's video you know let me say this, like, you know, I've talked a lot about the changing direction of the channel and things like that, and the Babylon's video was made in between all that stuff happening. So, and putting it out, you know, I'm not saying that that video is going to be a new direction for the channel um obviously if it's successful then I think it's good to reevaluate that figure out why it was successful and maybe pursue some stuff but if it comes out and it's like any other video where it kind of just comes out and then just kind of lives um then you know I don't think you will see another video like the Babylon's video in terms of scope and scale you know it's like a 40 minute video um in a lot of ways it's like four videos in one and uh, I kind of, and I don't know, this may be something that keeps going going forward. I don't really know. I kind of, maybe the easiest way to describe it is like it kind of put everything up to 11 for this video a little bit to a degree that sometimes I wonder if it was a little bit too much., Um, but I think if I had turned it up to 12, I would have been unhappy. But I think at 11, I'm comfortable. There's some things I looked at in hindsight. and was like, if I was starting from the beginning again, I may have changed how this was implemented. But because it's already done and done this way, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing how it is. I just think that I could have done it a different way. So uh, there's some parts of the video I think are maybe a little, um, I don't know if forceful is the right word, but maybe I, I push a little harder than I usually push to be like, hey, Listen to me, <laughs> kind of thing. I'm just like, hey, listen to what I'm saying to you right now. Um, so hopefully it's something that you guys uh, all can dig and all get into. And I think you know because it is essentially four videos in one. Um, it's a video that I think will appear appeal broadly to a lot of people who watch my stuff, um, which is kind of the intention. I don't want to get too deep into like what I'm thinking about for the channel. I've had further thoughts on the channel. I have gone through different ideas for what the channel should be that literally change overnight sometimes of like, oh, here's an idea for what I want the channel to be. And that idea suddenly seems way better than the thing I was previously planning a lot. So I think um I think I don't want to say too much about the direction of the channel still. Um but I think the big thing you can you can kind of hang on to if you are curious about that is that post I did on Kofi about like what one controller port is. And I I think at the end of the day, I said, like, I just kind of want to make videos that are going to matter more than just like a little bit of trivia or just like, hey, here's a cool video game. And like, you're like, yeah, that's a cool video game. But, but, but like, what, what do I want you to take away from me talking about that game? Right. And I think that has been the, the, the thing I've been trying to look at and try to figure out the best way to handle Um, is how do I get you to take something away from these videos that isn't just cool video game, brah kind of thing. And I think you'll get some of that in Babylon's fall. Like I think Babylon's fall video in a lot of ways is a weird melding of what I was doing with the old like direction for the channel, which wasn't really much of a direction in general, honestly, or kind of a lot of different directions and kind of melding that into one central piece and melding it into the overall thing I was trying to say with a lot of those videos I think in a lot of ways and so I guess maybe you could look at that video as like a me taking everything I've done in the past and trying to cram it all together and be like look look this is what I've been trying to say in a lot of ways um maybe I don't know for sure if that's how I feel about it but that's just my my thoughts at the moment on it so anyways like I said you should be able to see it soon if you donate on coffee. If not, you know, I'll be sure to let you know that it's <laughs> it's going up uh, at some point here. Um, I also did a little other uh, side project this week between the Babylon stuff just to kind of like give myself a little breathing room. Um, and that was something that I, I didn't really give a name of publicly, but internally, I think a folder is called like Twitter Bits or something like that. You know, basically probably off the video gaming bits old Tumblr page kind of thing. And I've been talking about this for a while. I don't remember how much I talked about it on the podcast, but um, I find I've been trying to explore what like video game content looks like in short form media. And when I say short form, I mean like literal short form videos, you know, TikToks, YouTube shorts, things like that. Um, and a-, a challenge of those videos is trying to say something very quickly and say something valuable. And um, you know, do that in, a, in a, a very compressed period of time. And 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 what do you say, right? What do you say that's interesting that will grab people, kind of thing. And um, I've had various ideas of what this should be. Also, my cat's having a little zoomy moment at the moment, so sorry if you hear a little bell ringing around. Um, I've I've been trying to think of like what that means. And maybe I should take his collar off. I will see. We'll see how much he runs around more. But I've been trying to think about what that means. And, um, you know, I've been watching YouTube shorts. I I don't, I don't use TikTok really. Occasionally I'll get linked to TikTok, but I don't like do too much with it. I've been watching YouTube shorts though. And, um, it, I would not say it's been a enjoyable experience. Um, there's some weird part of like human lizard brain that like, if I get on a YouTube shorts page and scroll, I will keep scrolling. And you have to kind of tell yourself to get out of that loop. So I think I understand what YouTube shorts and TikTok are doing and how they grab your attention and how they hold you and things like that. Right. Um, and, And I think it's like that quick access, quick flicking kind of thing of just like, here's a piece of content. Catch my attention. Move to the next one. Like you don't have to think between pieces of content. You are just presented with something and you make a choice. Yes, no. And then that's that's what it is. Right. Um yes no I watch this or I don't watch this. Um but yeah like figuring out what is actually good content in that short form fact fashion I think is a hard thing. There's entertaining content. I think that's important. Um but I don't know if I've seen a lot of good informational content around video games so far. See a lot of like speed runs Maybe a guy telling a story while he does a speed run. Um, DK Oldies has made it my thing, my thing for a long time, and I think they're like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're a scam or whatever. Like, I, I, from what I have heard from, you know, outside of the whole drama, it just sounds like he has like high prices or whatever, and doesn't necessarily like or that group. I don't know how many people work there like doesn't necessarily like take the greatest care of their consoles and stuff but like it sounds like they're still selling you a product and giving it to you kind of thing right um so it doesn't really sound like a scam to me but you know I think people are frustrated with the quality of service they're getting out of DK oldies but the actual YouTube shorts channel for that I think is um pretty decent again I don't think you're really getting a lot of information but you do get to see like purchasing habits actually that's maybe the one thing like you get to see what people are buying and it's you know very much like short form pickup videos, but with a consistent style. Right. And, and it's like, Hey, this guy purchased these things and they go and do some fancy, you know, photo shooting through all that stuff. But like, it is interesting to see what people are buying and bundling together. Right. So I think there's like some value in that as a content thing. Again, I don't buy from DK oldies. I don't know anything about them and do not care about them. Um, but you know, I think it's been one of the better pieces of YouTube short content that I've seen personally when it comes to gaming stuff. Um but otherwise I feel like I've been kind of unsatisfied with a lot of YouTube shorts content that I have consumed though if you do like something let me know I'd be happy to hear or look at some stuff if you if you if you have seen stuff you liked Anyway it's also like a very long way of me me saying that um sorry I just realized how far off like discussion we got like I probably should have said upfront like I basically did short little tweets that focused on you know what I think was cool about a game right um, doesn't talk about good or bad. It doesn't really focus too much. It's just like, Hey, killer seven. Wow. The movement in this game is like very sporadic in a neat way. Um, you know, that's not how I word it, but, but you know, uh, that like focusing on the movement of killer seven, right? Um, there's like the do, 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 cube, uh, lup salad thing. And I'm like, Hey, cute block game with fantastic music. And then this is all text. I'm not talking over it kind of thing um so it is just kind of you know uh little write-ups and then like maybe one to two minutes of footage kind of thing and the killer 7 video did pretty well it got like 30 or 40 likes the other ones i think kind of mellowed out around like 8 to 10 which you know for my my it, it was posting it on my personal uh not my personal my, my the the one controller port twitter um, and that is not, does not have a huge following or anything like that. So it was probably pretty good considering the, the limited reach of that Twitter in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I was trying to think of like ways to add value to the one control board Twitter in that way. But I think I would like to see going forward, uh, how, if I could, how I can do it in a YouTube short TikTok form. And um, trying to do some voiceovers, so I did seven of them for Twitter. So I think maybe it'd be a good idea to do maybe another seven for for YouTube Shorts and, and TikTok, and maybe take some of the ones I did already and try to implement them over and see how that converts over, um, and then maybe do a few new ones as well. Um, the biggest thing though is that if I do these, I I would want the workload to be pretty small. And Twitter super easy to do that, you know, write up you know a handful of of, of sentences and then you know, throw some footage together that represents what I am and talking about. And I think that's plenty fine. Um as that is. Um, but I i, I get a little worried that if I start having to do voiceover, I'm gonna to want to start editing footage to be like in line with my voiceover, right? And that will require more work. So if I do these, you know, I think I need to be a little careful about the workload I put into um and and the frequency of which i do them i do not think you'll get like seven i don't i don't think i'll do them each day like i was doing with the twitter ones where i was like just waking up and then just making them i think it would be something i pre-planned kind of thing so that's another thing i worked on anyways too as well so there are some updates on some stuff i've been working on otherwise things have been pretty quiet um because of the intense focus on the babylon's fall video so but you know that's pretty much done at this point beyond the the pieces that are around it which are a lot of work but not nearly as much work as actually doing the video itself so so yeah so thank you for listening to my way too long update on, on what's going on but uh hopefully if you're into the channel that's what you're, you're 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 here for kind of thing so um before we get into like news and things like that there's a couple things I want to go over one is Final Fantasy Piano Concert crystalline resonance this is a local concert that happened here although i think it's all over the country where um essentially they go ahead and have um the the i don't know if it's like a local group of people who play a piano or if they have like traveling people or whatever but basically it's like a final fantasy piano event where they play about two hours worth of songs and then uh they will go ahead and um and play like some video along with it kind of thing so you know, fairly professional, I would assume, piano players. They all looked very professional at the very least. So, so it's pretty well produced, I think, overall. Um, and it was really fun. You know, it is, I, I, I've grown up with a lot of Final Fantasy in my life and I do really appreciate the music. I went with my dad and I got to have the conversation again of like, hey, Cloud is not the main character of Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy series. He is the main character of Final Fantasy VII. Um, which is something I've talked to him about many times before, and doesn't seem to stick. But maybe since there were visuals and he could see there were all these characters in all these worlds, maybe it sticks this time. We'll see what happens. Um, but um, but yeah, it was a it was a good uh a good event. Um, you know, I was sick particularly worried about like what the Final Fantasy XI representation would look like, and. I would say a fairly mixed, right? I mean, Final Fantasy XI just t- typically does not get a lot of representation in a lot of things. I mean, Shantoto does. But, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know my feelings on Shantoto. <laughs> but anyways, so um, they essentially had two songs, which is very cool, because there are many games that didn't get any representation in terms of music. One through three, they didn't do at all. Um, and then five, they just did the Chocobo theme for, which is, you know, maybe makes sense given that Boku is like an actual character in that game, right? Which is a Chocobo and his wife Coco, or something like that, <laughs> but, but, you know, he didn't get any, like, real Final Fantasy V music, um, that was, or anything like that, so, um, you know, Final Fantasy XI got more representation than, than a lot of those other ones, the first one I thought was really good, which is the, uh, Tav, Tavnasian Archipelago, or something like that, I don't know, I've never said that out loud, so, <laughs> please understand if I mispronounce that, um, and I think that's a really good, it's like the Chains of Promathia area, the, the like Sandorian, um, colony, I think it was. I mean, I don't know my Final Fantasy in lore very well, but I think it's like a Sandorian colony and, um, I think it's the, the, um, castle that's kind of like in the opening video kind of thing. But, um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, so, so it's, there's like the area outside of that and it's like a very nice theme and I thought that theme worked really well with the piano. Um, the only issue I had really, and I mean, this is true for a lot of videos where like they really focused on the CG videos, which I mean, if it's a Tabnazian story song, then it makes sense that they'd use the opening video since that is Tabnazian stronghold there that, um, that, that fight happens at. Um, but, uh, it, I guess I wish there was more in-game representation for Final Fantasy 11. Um, Because a lot of games, they did use in-game cutscenes for, and some of them were kind of mixed. Like, Final Fantasy VII got a lot of in-game cutscene use for, like, the PlayStation game, not, like, the remake, which I was kind of surprised. Um, but the pacing was super weird on it. Like, it felt like the videos were edited completely separately from each other, from like different people with different like intentions, a lot of times. And the Final Fantasy 7 one in particular just felt like somebody stringed together three video clips and they all sat on screen for way too long. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so I just kind of wish there's more in game representation for Final Fantasy 11 because you don't really see in game that much. They did show off the field map for Run 'Cause one of the songs was Run Far. And if you don't know, Run Far is like one of the first areas in Final Fantasy XI. And I just am not look, I love Run Far. I played, I mean I I, I aligned with the the country of Sandoria when I played Final Fantasy XI. So like Run Far was like my first field music when I would leave town, right? So like I do have a connection with that music. It just is not very good, I think, concert music. Like it's very repetitive it's more ambient music than anything, but like, yeah, it's very repetitive and there's just not a lot going on in that song. So it's just kind of fairly straightforward. So I kind of just wish they did another song. And then like the visuals for it were just like somebody like, it was kind of like a mix of like somebody in first person walking around, the, you know, the run far area. Like I think at one point, I noticed that, like, they, like, brushed up against a tree and it, like, moved the camera because they had collision, <laughs> but, but, uh, and in Final Fantasy 11, like, first-person mode, you don't see your arms or anything like that. They make your, your model invisible, basically, um, and then also, like, they use, like, some, some higher-level cameras that felt very, like, there's this old, oh, God, what was it called? There was this old, like, Vanadeel Live stream feed that they would put on the play online website this is well before like you know youtube was really a thing now there's a vanadale live that's on youtube and it just kind of sticks around in like one town but there used to be one that would like teleport all over the place and it would like show different areas you can see people playing and things like that it was it was pretty cool actually um i always really enjoyed uh tuning into it but um it is it, uh, had some of those kind of camera angles uh, as well in there. So, but it it was just kind of like, there's not a lot happening. I just kind of felt felt like you could have chose a different song and, and, and also had some better, you know, visuals with it. So anyways, but I mean, the rest of the, the music was great and wonderful overall and the performances were great. And, um, I, you know, if you liked mostly stuff after Final Fantasy VII and beyond, um, there's a lot of great things there for you. Um, they did, not do a ton of six and they did not do a ton of um four either but it was represented as well I think it's like one song for each of those um there was actual cheers though for um Final Fantasy 15 which I was surprised um and then there's also cheers for Final Fantasy 14 which I expected so um people were really into those um those I mean Final Fantasy 14 is, is is the Final Fantasy now right like Final Fantasy 14 is is more important than Final Fantasy VII these days I would say um historically obviously not so much the case but you know from a a a a player base and who's engaged with the Final Fantasy brand I mean Final Fantasy XIV is huge right so, um, and like people were saying Shadowbringers is like the best final fantasy game in, in, in a long time when that came out. Right. And that's an like, expansion packed Final Fantasy 14. So anyways, um, it, it, it was a good show though. I really enjoyed it overall. And, um, I would like to go see another one to be curious, like what, how, how much the like, uh, actual lineup of song changes, because I believe they just kind of picked songs per night kind of thing. They don't like, I don't think it's a set number of songs or set selection of songs for like the entire tour or anything like that i could be wrong but i, I believe that's the case so but yeah it was good good fun and it was like a local library or something like that so it was kind of like a little little tiny room that everybody was in which i thought was kind of a fun <laughs> fun little feeling too i mean it's a theater but it just uh felt a lot smaller than i than i was kind of expecting but it was a uh, pretty pretty full i think there's a handful of seat, seats in the back that were were empty but you know a, a pretty a pretty hefty turnout so so yeah it was a good time before we get into news, we got some questions, a question, sorry, single, singular question from Jillian, back to J- Jillian's corner. Jillian has a question that says, best Smash Brothers stas- stages excluding Battlefield and Final Destination. So no Battlefield, no Final Destination. Uh, actually, kept, like, I was actually playing some Smash Brothers when a friend was out here recently. and <laughs> Look, man, it's, I feel bad. I like Smash Brothers a lot. I do not want to play any more Smash Brothers in my life. Um, and there's like so much love in those games and so much going on in them, which is kind of a shame. Um, because I also feel like Smash Brothers, from the perspective of like a game, gets absorbed into the competitive scene. And you just don't really hear a lot of Smash Brothers talk that's more like casual enjoyment very much. And so, like, casually enjoying Smash Brothers, I think, is not something I hear and engage with very often so so um I, i'm still a little i kind of wish items were a little more balanced than smash brothers i love that like stupid whirlwind gun in the ultimate that just like pushes people off stage nonstop, and it's like this is horrendously broken but you know whatever it's, it's a good time so um anyway so there's a handful of stages here that i i picked out i just went down a list and um and you know some of these stages it says best i think you know, these are not best from a competitive stance. So if you're like, oh, that's an unbalanced stage, don't worry so much about that. So the first one I picked here is mostly because I at one point had this this grand thought of Smash Brothers where I was like, okay, Solid Snake, not in Smash Brothers with Wii U, right? How could they reuse Solid Snake's moveset with a Nintendo character? And I was all like, Raymond Bryce from Disaster Day of Crisis, he would probably fit in pretty good into Solid Snake's moveset, <laughs> um, and, um, so I had this idea that's, like, maybe that's the way, like, like, no, there was no way Disaster Day of Crisis was going to end up as a major part of Smash Brothers, I mean, I, I know there's, like, a World of Light thing, but, you know, th- there's never going to be a big, big connection of, um, uh, uh, you know, Raymond Bryce and, 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 and Smash Brothers, but uh, I always kind of had the idea of, like, oh, it'd be really cool if they had, like, a natural disaster stage like in Disaster Day of Crisis and the Midgar Final Fantasy seven stage with like the um, uh, summons you get when you collect the materia basically feels like whatever that stage would have been because there's like a bunch of I think it's like tidal waves there's like a volcano and all sorts of stuff and like ro- like Titan shows up and starts doing like earth stuff so I, I, I even though I maybe didn't play that stage a ton because by the time that stage came out I kind of started falling off Smash Brothers I super was happy to see that stage get in the game because it's like, oh, my Disaster Day of Crisis stage, just in you know cloud form, basically. Um, I really like the Electroplankton stage; it's a nightmare to play on, but um, I really respect that you can kind of you know make it work. I actually don't know if anyone has like, look, Electroplankton as a video game is a hard game to make music in in the first place. I appreciate that they like let you knock the leaves around in a way that like actually affects the music and stuff um in a fun way and i'd be curious i haven't looked online but i'm sure somebody somewhere has like made some kind of silly like tune that plays and smash brothers in the electroplankton stage but tons of appreciation for that stage it also has like oh man that weird ambient feeling before you do anything in like an electroplankton song like okay If you haven't played electroplankton, I'm sorry. This is not going to make a lot of sense probably, but you like, there's like different tools and it all is like underwater, like amoeba based almost. I don't know what they're, what they are, honestly, but like they're underwater and like you, you pick the tool and that's like the thing you make music with. But like, until you do something, most of the time you like open it up and everything is just there. And like all the cells are there. They're just hanging out. But, like, everything still moves really slowly. And it's, like, bloop, 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 like, there's, like, bubble noises and things like that. And it's just, like, waiting for you to do something. And there's, like, that period of time where you're just, like, in this weird ambient middle ground between the menu and starting something. There's something about that in Electroplankton that I just, like, really, really appreciate. And I feel like in Smash Brothers when everyone's apart from each other and kind of nothing's happening other than the tadpoles like just flying into the water because how the leaves are set up it kind of feels like that sometimes of just it just feels like that moment of just like nothing's happening and it's this weird silence but there's like an ambient living feeling to this world as this tadpole flies across the stage and lands in the water and makes a splash noise it's like i don't know there's something about that i think it's beautiful (laughs) Um, anyways, uh, Smashville, uh, this is the, I believe the brawl version of the, uh, Animal Crossing stage. And I just thought it was really cool. They integrated the internal clock stuff into that game. Um, and so like the day time of day matters for when you play that stage, I believe on Saturdays, uh, KK Slider shows up and plays music as well, which I think is really cool. Um, I just thought it was a really nice way to kind of keep the spirit of the Animal Crossing stage in Smash Brothers. Um, PictoChat. Um, I think it's just a fun stage in general with like all the little drawings that happen on things. There's like a Picto Chat too as well. I don't remember the difference between them, so I guess Picto Chat one and two. Spear Pillar. I don't know why. I kind of have some fond memories of this stage. This is, I believe, added in Smash Wii U. Um, and I played Smash Wii U online a lot really early on, and like for some reason I enjoyed that stage a lot. It's the Pokemon stage, and it's like there's two levels to it, and so it's almost like you ever played like the Hyrule Castle level in Melee and Beyond Temple is what it's called, I think. Um, it it, it there's this like weird underground area where you're like you're kind of safe. Um and this game or this stage has that but then like the uh pokemon in the background like shoot laser beams and stuff and it can go and attack the entire underground area. So it kind of has that but there's also like a threat in staying under it as well so so it's kind of interesting. Um and the last one which is like a hot trash stage but every time I, <laughs> every time I play the game I somehow keep coming back to it is Packland because Packland is just the game Packland in stage form. And I'm just like, that's great. I mean, I'm sure the stage itself is not actual layout of Pac-Land, but it's just like, hey, we're going to start the game from Pac-Man's house. You're going to travel all the way to the Angel and you're going to go back and all the way back to Pac-Man's house. <laughs> and look, like, that is just, as far as I have experienced with pac that is Pac-Land. But here we did it in Smash Brothers form. So I have a ton of respect for Smash Brothers as a video game. I just kind of wish it was a different video game at this point. I think I just need something to change with the game itself um at this point for me so but you know I I think part of it too is just like it's been a long time since that game came out I just don't have a lot of reason to go back to it so like I appreciate it for what it is but like once I was done with World of Light I was kind of like I'm kind of good um and and so I think maybe some more structure to that stuff in some ways would be like a fun way like I feel like World of Light was a good idea on paper but like the implementation was just weird and it's just really long and like I felt like a lot of times it doesn't necessarily highlight the strengths of each game that it was representing there were some clever ideas though I will say so you know anyways Smash Brothers I'm sure there's like a podcast where I talked about it a long time ago that game came out within the frame of this podcast being alive so (laughs) somewhere out there I've talked about Smash Brothers so anyways Thank you again, Jillian, for your question. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, there is no formal question asking uh, uh, set up at this point, so just let me know. Otherwise, we're just going to keep moving on with Jillian's questions for now. We got some news stories here before we wrap up the show. Um, one is a new Nintendo Switch rhythm game called Felicity's Door. Reminds me a little bit of that demo game on Nintendo Switch where it like kind of has these bars that kind of fly in from the back. Um, but it has a really cute aesthetic and, um, it seems like there's like a structure to it as well. So it's not just like, you know, pick a song and then try your best to finish it and get a high score. There's like a, um, it seems like maybe a story and some like cute illustrations and cutscenes and things like that, as well as a room decoration feature where you can go and decorate your room and things like that. Um, which I think it's, it looks cute and appealing. I think my only problem is, is that like for something like that. I feel like I want the music part of the game to feel more integrated into the story. And so obviously I can't really say that it's not from this point. There hasn't been a lot of gameplay out there. It's just like a one video they posted. Um, but it just, it gave me the feeling that like the music is not going to be ingrained into the story or into what's happening in a context form that, that I would like. Again, just impressions based off what I saw. Um, you know, I like thinking about how Rhythm Thief does that, but Rhythm Thief is a variety rhythm game not so much a, you know, static kind of like, here's the game mechanics kind of thing. But I think like a Toka doll is a great example of something like that. Um, you know, space channel five is a great example of something like that. You know, I think there are ways to do that. I just feel like this game has like a separation that I, am not necessarily sure really, um, um, connects in a way that I, that I I would find satisfying. It just kind of looks like you do the music and the music unlocks more stuff, but it's not like, doing the music feels like you're affecting the world but again based off a brief trailer that showed off some gameplay and some of the the room building stuff so that could be very wrong with that uh, as far as i'm aware it's only on switch um yeah it's only coming to switch it looks like but uh there's a u.s release so there's that at least uh area 35 never heard of them before Um, level five had their, their show. They showed off some more Layton stuff. Nothing really new there than just the, like some more CG cutscenes and I think some art. Um, and it was the, the kind of the big thing was that like, it's going to take place in America uh, or something like that. I I don't have a lot of interest in like professor Layton. Um, I have that lady Layton game that I was interested in that I have not played still. So I think until I, unless they really show something that blows my socks off, like I think that's still going to be my next Layton game if I get to it. Um, so they showed that off. Uh, they showed off some more deck of police stuff. Nothing really new there, but that game still just looked great. Um, Inazuma Eleven Victory Road. So I think, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time they showed off gameplay for this. So this is that Switch Inazuma Eleven game. Um, I uh, again, I don't know if this is a Switch only game. I'll try to look that up while I'm talking here. But um, yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never really looked at or played an Inazuma Eleven game. Um, from my vague memory of the game, um, I will say this game maybe looks a little more similar than I expected it to be. It's like very 3DS game looking, very high level um, view of like isometric view for a lot of uh, the aspects. It's kind of PS4, iOS, and Android as well. Um, and, uh, and level level five visions is what it was for the uh, event. Um, but anyway, so so it, it it kind of feels like a 3DS game to some extent to me and... You know, maybe on mobile is maybe a good a good reason why it feels that way, because it's still gonna be and I guess it's on Switch as well, still gonna be a portable game. They actually have a lot of different ways you can play it. Like even on the Switch version, I think they have the the vertical mode, which I mean it's I think for you know largely the mobile display. Um so you can play it that way um if you want to on there as well. And you can play it with touchscreen, you can play with the stylus. Uh, or you can play it with like controller support, but, um, it just looks a little slow. I will say like as somebody who does not know that franchise, it just looks slow. So if you're an Inazuma 11 fan, let me know. I'd be curious to hear what makes those games, uh, cool. Cause I, uh, if like for me as somebody who's outside of that, um, you know, I think that Subasa game on PS4 or something like that, that game looks a little more engaging visually at least um obviously the visual styles are very different but like just like pacing wise this game feels a little slow with how all the characters move it's like it's very zoomed out view but they do like come in for like you know special cutscenes with cer- certain special kicks and things like that um and I think that like it has very much that level five style with a lot of its character designs very yokai watch feeling in terms of like the people itself um, the main character looks a little, a little stumpy. I mean, we've seen him before, but like something about him looks very short and stout in a way that just doesn't really feel like it would fit like a main character in a soccer game, but like, Hey man, whatever <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, and then also, oh, man, I like the main rival design though. He's very much that delinquent type though. Like, like his hair is like pulled back and he has like these little, uh, different colored strands in his hair and things like that. I really like his design a lot. So, um, All level five stuff though, they had English on their, their websites and trailers. So it seems like the intention is, is that all these games will be localized. Oh, there's a fantasy life trailer. I didn't even go and look at that, honestly, but it seems like all these, these games are intended to be localized at some point. Um, but, uh, they haven't said if they're the publisher or not at this point, or if they're going to try to partner with somebody else. I looked on the page and tried to find any mention of publisher, but it just kind of mentioned that they were the developer. So, and they're kind of saying, oh, it's open to what we'll charge for it and things like that. So I'll be curious to see how eventually all these games come out. Um, but one more thing, which actually is kind of important is, uh, if you don't know for a while in Japan, they've had a live service game called Megaton Musashi, um, it originally was like a packaged product you could buy, but now it's a free to play game in Japan. And, um, um, it, ha- it was kind of weird because they put a lot of effort into it and, um, they actually did at like Tokyo game show, have an English trailer for it. And it seemed like they're kind of trying to maybe eventually get it into English, but it just kind of disappeared in the English market for a bit. I mean, it was around the time, like Yokai watch four kind of disappeared as well. I feel like, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, it was just kind of strange that it was kind of going on, but not coming out here. Um, but anyway, so they're launching, I think, a new version of the game from what it sounds like. I don't necessarily know if it's like a new release or if it's just like a next season kind of thing. Um, but with that new new set of content, they are bringing it to an international market. Uh, they're including cross-play between all the platforms. So I think it's like PlayStation, Switch, PC, um, maybe one more platform. I don't think it's Xbox though. So maybe like an Android or something like that. But I don't remember for sure, but definitely PlayStation, PC, and Switch. Uh, I think, you know, I think the other platform was PlayStation five is what it was. So anyways, but cross play between all those, which is very cool. Um, I might want to check that game out, but probably be something I have to get like a group for if I want to do that. And it being free to play, I think is already kind of hard to get people involved in because everyone's kind of coming in with the expectation of like, Oh, is this going to be kind of a money grubby kind of game, right? Um, it, it can be hard with those kind of live service games. I feel like that are free to play. So um, at least within my friend group, maybe I just have some 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 very uh, um uh I don't know what you would say uh strict friends in terms of like how they how they view those kind of games. Not that that's a bad thing. I will say, um, just kind of a different way to look at them, kind of thing. Um, it it, it, it was. It's always like a weird negotiation process for us to play games, but I think it actually works pretty well because it kind of makes sure that we don't play games that, like, you know, somebody's not going to be interested in, and not, not, you know, drag them along with us on a game they have no interest in. So I think it focuses on games that we all kind of, as a group, agree is a a good experience to have with with all of us. So. Anyway, it's very cool that that stuff's coming over. Um, So that is like an actual localization announcement. And I I Professor Layton. and I have to assume that's going to come over. And Inazuma11, I mean, they have a U.S. page for it. So I'm guessing they're pretty much committing to this stuff coming over. They just haven't said if they're going to do it themselves or not. So... Um, a couple of smaller news stories here, uh, three new small news stories here. Um, Grim Guardians, uh, got delisted from, I believe the Xbox and Nintendo Switch storefronts, maybe multiple storefronts beyond that. But, um, and I don't know if it's back yet, but, uh, it was kind of weird that it got delisted. Time to find out. Um, there's a game called like Grim Guard and they filed like a trademark dispute or something like that. So, uh, they had to, uh, rename the game. So going forward, it'll be called Gal Guardians. Which, if you don't know, Grim Guardians is a Gal Gun spinoff, um, which I was surprised how many people didn't know that. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think people in the West know uh, Galgun super well beyond, you know, just laughing at it at the horny game kind of thing, right? Um, so, uh, I don't know if the game's back at this point, but it is an interesting question of, like, what that means physically for games. Um, I believe their PQ was supposed to release something somewhat soon, but I think they may have said they were going to push it back. I don't remember for sure on that one though. So, and I'm not going to look it up right now. So, (laughs) but, but, you know, I'll be curious to see if that delays the physical for for that at all. I think, uh, limited run games also took pre-orders for grim guardians too, but you know me, I'm not going to buy anything for limited run games. I didn't buy the Shin Chan thing. So rest in peace, Shin Chan. Uh, I'll buy the digital version or, or, you know, see if I can get the physical at some point, uh, and not through, you know, waiting the exorbitant amount of time that it takes for live and run games to ship something. So we use, there's a problem in the Wii U universe. This actually got pretty, pretty big traction. So not too terribly surprised, um, that it is going around because, uh, the Wii U, if you don't, own, um, uses flash memory for like its OS and things like that. And, um, apparently the flash memory that's in there is not particularly of the greatest quality. It's like NAND. Well, I mean, NAND flash memory, there's nothing wrong with that. But like the type of NAND flash memory might be not great. Or at least how the Wii U handles it where there might be some issues with the NAND me- uh, memory um, is causing problems where essentially uh, the Wii U will not launch anymore. It says, there, you know, essentially the 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 OS information on here is corrupt and it will not launch anymore. So... Um, people are finding that if they haven't plugged their Wii U's in in a long time, uh, their Wii U's are now dead. I actually had a friend that, uh, struggled with this issue, um, at one point, uh, a long time ago, but, uh, it was not something that I, in my mind was, was, was something I, I ever thought about being a wide scale issue, but apparently it is. Um, but yeah, just like basically the, um, the system file is corrupt and you can't use your Wii U anymore. So my friend at the time sent it to Nintendo and they fixed it for him. Um, although they just kind of wiped the system memory and re re-imaged it basically, um, and it sounds like, you know, if you do, if you've ever gone through the process of like hacking your Wii or Wii U or 3DS, um, during that process, they will ask you to back up your, uh, whatever, you know, memory or your, your, your OS data, basically. Like I, I'm going to say this in stupid, stupid baby terms. So sorry if I get these wrong. Um, but like basically you'd back up your OS and, um, And you can reapply that OS and things like that. So um, they will ask you to do that in most situations for firmware, uh, basically just to be like, hey, if something messes up, you want this kind of thing, right? So you can back up to it. And it sounds like you can potentially reapply that into the actual um, flash memory. But I don't know what that process looks like, how accessible it is for people. It seemed like people were kind of saying that like, oh, this is kind of a pain in the butt to do. So maybe not something that everyone's going to want to do. So it sounds like though, it's something you can prevent if you like regularly use your Wii U once in a while. Um, so, you know, for me, that's not really a problem because I actually have both my Wii U's out and I still power them on pretty frequently for Wii games. Not so much for DS games anymore because I have an actual DS capture card, but for Wii games for sure. And occasionally Wii U games as well. So, Um, you know, just plug in that Wii U every once in a while. Um, but there's another kind of like side story to this that like also the switch operates on a lot of the same kind of technology for the switch cartridges. And so there's a big question of like, how long will these last? And it seemed to be the answer is like maybe between like 10 to 20 years kind of thing. So, um, you know, yeah, old hardware stuff is uh, always a challenge. And, uh, you know, these companies don't necessarily plan for this deep into a system's lifespan, right? That's why you have a ton of Xboxes that were dying due to the clock capacitor leaking a bunch of acid, right? So, um, not too terribly surprising. There's some issues that kind of cropped up, but maybe sooner than than usual for the Wii U kind of thing. Um, so, but you know, the Wii U's lifespan has passed at this point for the most part from Nintendo's concern. So I don't think they have any issue with like what they did, um, with, with the platform kind of thing. Um, but you know, with the Switch cartridges, it does open up an interesting question of like, you know, limited run games and things like that there's always like the oh we preserve games and stuff um through these cartridges but like <laughs> you know if you're keeping a limited run game sealed you know at, after 10 years uh that data is 10 to 20 years sounds like that data is potentially going to corrupt faster than like a typical cartridge would beforehand um because like the type of data they're using are different um, this seems to also be true for like things like um Game Boy and things like that. There's a YouTube video I'll link as well, like, from that, because they they went into some decent detail about it. Um, This one fellow that uh, seemed like he's a smaller account, but it seems like he got a lot of traction with this news story, so that's that's good. Um, I think I've seen some other articles or other videos pop up since then from, like, Spawn Wave and things like that, but this guy had a pretty chill style to him, so I'll link him because I liked his video. (laughs) So... And the last news story here is kind of an interesting one. Uh, Super Mario Run—we haven't talked about this on the podcast ever, actually. I don't know was Super Mario Run a part of the One Control Port history? Maybe. It might have been very early on in the podcast history. I mean, if I—I I know I played Fire Emblem Heroes. I don't remember if I—that was before I started the podcast or afterwards. But that was around the same time when Nintendo was doing their big mobile push. Tomodachi, meet Tomo, Tomodachi Life. No, Mitomo. Miitomo I'm pretty sure was before when I was playing Miitomo was before the podcast yeah so I'm gonna guess that maybe Super Mario Run was before we started talking on the podcast but anyways um so this thing came out a long time ago uh I think at the time Mimo was like you should think of this as the next Mario and then kind of nobody really played it well not nobody it was it was fairly successful but you know the kind of thing that Nintendo's trying to hold on to is like hey we don't want to rely on whales for games, right? Like people who spend tons and tons and ton and ton of money. Um, and the reality was, is that's not really how things worked out. And that, so I think for super Mario run is like $5 to buy the whole thing. I think it's what it was. So it was like a $5 Mario game. Um, but they added something new recently where you can play, um, one level free for a day. So before you could play through, I think like the first chapter of the game for free. Now it sounds like you can play a single level for free, even if you don't buy anything. So, um, that's kind of neat that they, 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 they are still supporting that game in some way, or at least still thinking about it. Um, haven't really seen a lot of, I think, e- extensive thought from Nintendo on, uh, smartphone games lately. I mean, obviously it's a very different time for Nintendo when, when before they did this stuff, but, uh, they kind of had their games that came out and they just kind of kept them all going and, um, like really successful ones at least. Right. Tragali has lost, went for a long time. Uh, animal crossing still going strong. I, I kind of want to check out the animal crossing game on mobile i probably should do that before it dies but you know and not, not that it's it didn't announce it shutting down but you know eventually it will and mario kart <laughs> i kind of feel like maybe i should check those games out at some point because i feel like a lot of the reasons i ignored them at the time was because like they're mobile games why would i ever play them um where i think today i don't really care about that as much um so i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll think about those games because like animal crossing you know it's a different kind of animal crossing and i think that's something i've been looking for for a while and so actually looking at a different Animal Crossing that's not like the console ones might not be a bad thing to do right um same with Mario Kart maybe maybe Mario Kart on a mobile platform um feels different from you know the the frustrations I've had with Mario Kart for over a decade right so anyways I played Chokeware Racing this week and we're not talking about that because I've still got to put more time into it but (laughs) I played that game I was like oh man the drifting in this game is so different from Mario Kart and I'm into it I'm glad I'm glad it's different. Um and I, I kind of feel like too many kart racing games rely on the mini turbo boost kind of thing. So anyways, either way. That's it for this week. Thanks for so much for coming. one is the website. Like I said, Babylon's Fall video, if you're doing the Kofi, unless something happens, it should be available for you at least before Wednesday this week, if not earlier. Just go check out the Kofi page um and, and you can see that link in the description if you don't know. Um, otherwise it'll show up in the next week or two, probably is when I, when I think it'll come out. Um, but the, you know, the damn, damn stomp land review is available there and that won't be available till April. Um, so go check that out. Um, if you haven't seen it, I did the panel a couple of weeks ago as well. That's up on the one Showport plus channel. So check that out if you want to. And then, uh, I don't know. There's like some kind of, <laughs> there's some, I I'll be, I've been so invested in the Babylon's fall video. I do not remember what's actually scheduled to come out this week i think there's like a podcast highlight coming out this week i can't remember what it is though <laughs> so um please check that out too i guess <laughs> but and whatever it is is scheduled so i'll tweet about it whenever it comes out i'm sure so uh check that out as well and then uh yeah uh hopefully i can pull my life back together now that i'm out of this babylon fall hole and um and be a responsible adult yet again um but yeah i mean seven days straight of basically working on that video non-stop is uh is rough There's a lot of challenges with those videos and um one thing i'm actually testing is the um sample rate of audio with this podcast because i've been having issues with audio and uh that showed up in the babylon's fall video but it's not a problem with the source audio it's a problem with how the audio is interfacing with my video editor so um, i'm hoping that that means that this week's podcast will be on the youtube Crunchy Free, where if, you, if you've been just listening on the audio side, I don't think you've been hearing any crunch, but on the, uh, the YouTube side, it's been kind of crunchy lately, so. Um, anyways, thank you guys so much again, and I hope you have a great week. Bye!